Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Joseph of Xenoff BPO, a powerhouse company in outsourcing. And their mission is to partner with their clients to really drive the efficiency internally so they can better work with their clients. We talked all about the company, what they do, the power behind outsourcing, and what that could mean to your everyday teams, your everyday efficiency, as well as your everyday customer experience, as well as their commitment to their clients and their commitment to the supply chain industry. It was a really great episode. Joseph and his team have done a great job of providing around-the-clock support in a variety of different ways to a lot of freight forwarders and companies within supply chain. So I hope you enjoyed the show, but remember, if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com under Listen or on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 258. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Everybody's getting back in person and I don't know about you, but I can feel the buzz throughout the industry. And we have a brand new review from the podcast. Thank you so much to Diana over on Apple Podcasts and she gave us a five-star review and said, what a wonderful resource, Sarah. Let's Talk Supply Chain is awesome. Thank you so much, Diana, for bringing us an amazing review. And obviously, a big thank you to all of the community for um, being a big support. So today, I'm joined by a market-leading provider of hiring and retention technology for supply chain teams. Any idea who it is? Well, I'll reveal it after the poll of the week. So the poll question was, do you drink coffee? Well, we had 1,723 votes. We had 31 comments 
82% of you said yes. 18% of you said no. Is that really a surprise? I think supply chainers right now need some coffee to get through the day. Alessandra says a vote for multiple cups of Irish breakfast builders tea. Okay. And then Brian Glick said, I used to drink coffee like it was going out of style, but switched to tea and never looked back. Samuel said in the supply chain industry, you drink gallons and Audrea couldn't agree more. Audrey Ross, specifically espresso. I'm in supply chain, logistics and customs, and it is often a triple shot kind of day. Kathleen says nectar of the gods. Ahmed says absolutely. Who doesn't drink coffee, especially when working in logistics and supply chain? Heather says tea only. Joelle, how many times can I vote? All the coffee all the time. Frank says, no shame here. Lindsay says, there's people that don't drink coffee, question mark? Concerning. Mike says, I don't give away my answer, but I am not alone. Okay, interesting. Maria says, love my coffee. Jerish, coffee is not brown water. And so, so much more. Thank you so much to everybody who joined us for the poll. We do ask a question every single Wednesday morning. If you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, make sure to go and participate and engage with us on that poll of the week. So now back to today's podcast and which people-focused software brand is joining me today? Well, it's Workstep. Workstep is the leading provider of frontline workforce retention solutions, purpose-built for the modern supply chain. With customers including manufacturing, warehousing, retail distribution, and transportation employers across North America, Workstep solutions provide HR, operations, finance, and C-suite executives with what they need to hire frontline workers, engage them throughout their employment journey, and seamlessly act on critical insights to drive organizations organizational change and ultimately reduce turnover. Today, Dan Johnston, co-founder and CEO at Workstep, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the ins and outs of hiring and retention, the truth behind the current talent shortages, and the upcoming workforce trends to look out for. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Dan. Dan Johnston is the co-founder and CEO of Workstep. Workstep's software platform empowers companies to find and keep frontline employees for the long run. Prior to Workstep, Dan managed a third-party logistics warehouse and co-founded InstaEDU, an education technology company. So welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm excited for the conversation today. And I'm excited to have you here. As much as I love discovering new technologies, everybody knows that I love to talk about people. And the pandemic has put an emphasis on people in a lot of different ways, you know, from staff safety and working conditions to agility and innovation. So I'm excited to get the opinion of an expert today. So let's dive right in. Let's start by digging into your founder story, because Workstep is not the first company that you founded, and you have all also been an entrepreneur in residence. I've heard of artists in residence before, but I'm not sure I've heard of that with an entrepreneur. So tell us all about your background because I'm absolutely fascinated. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm happy to. So uh, really the short version is that my career journey to Workstep started in my role as a warehouse manager. So I managed a third-party logistics warehouse as part of a retail supply chain. And I'll talk more about really my takeaways and what I saw in that role probably later as we dive into what we do at Workstep and the supply chain overall. 
my journey then took me to technology where I founded a couple of software companies, both of which were in the ed tech space. One was bootstrapped and acquired. One was venture backed and acquired. And yes, I spent time as an entrepreneur in residence or an EIR at a VC fund after that second journey. And that was really when I had the time and space and resources to dive back into that problem I had experienced firsthand as a warehouse manager. So at the time, I had seen just how detrimental the temp staffing model was to the workers in our building, um, just how challenging a constant rotating door of frontline workforce turnover was to every level of an operation and was able to work in partnership with my co-founder to say, you know, how could we build a technology ally for this segment of the workforce population that we saw as increasingly in need of one? And so sort of through that role and through that time to reflect was really where Workstep was born. Amazing. And so when you say entrepreneur in residence, what does, I know you sort of took us through that journey, but what does it mean? Where were you? Were you actually in residence somewhere? Did you have to move? So entrepreneur in residence is a title that is, I would say, relatively often given by venture capital firms, at least in Silicon Valley, uh, where uh, functionally what they do is they, they bring somebody into their firm and put them on payroll Uh, who they believe is likely to start a business that could potentially be interesting for them to fund in the future. So they're sort of giving you the space to do research, talk to prospective customers, uh, meet with prospective investors, and really sort of think about what you're going to build while sort of having health benefits and a salary and there's yeah. no, at least with the firm where I did it, I was entrepreneur in residence at Social Capital. There's no guarantee that they will fund whatever you build. And of course, you don't need to accept their money if you do end up building something. But in okay. our case with Workstep, they ended up leading our seed round, uh, which was sort of the end of that entrepreneur residence journey. And so that that's the role. I don't know if it's the same everywhere. Uh, you, know, you also get a chance to meet with portfolio companies, sometimes sit in on meetings. Uh, potentially help introduce other founders into the firm. So there's lots of different sort of ways that you can add mutual value. But the the primary goal, at least as I approached at the time, was to use this space to start a company. Well, thank you very much for explaining that because I'm sure a lot of our audience was really, you know, interested in hearing a little bit more about that and what that actually entails. Um, So the businesses that you founded previously were specifically in relation to tutoring, right? But broadly, it's about matching staff to a need, right? The right tutor to the right pupil. So how did that lead you to more general staffing and specifically in the supply chain space? Yeah, so... uh... Online private tutoring uh, and helping supply chain companies better hire and retain their frontline workers aren't as immediately connected as as it might seem. Uh, but there is at least that common thread line, which is which is what you said, Sarah, which is that property of how do you help uh, somebody with demand for a skill and with demand for somebody else's time connect. Right with the right supply of a skilled professional who has that time and who can help that buyer with demand sort of meet their end goals. And so, you know, functionally that is what we created. 
with the two tutoring companies we founded. And really that is where WorkStep started, which is we looked at the supply chain and the legacy temp staffing model. And what we said was this is bad for workers because their wages are being garnished. They can't move up within an organization because they actually work for the temp staffing agency, not the company. And it's challenging for the company because they have this constant rotating supply of temps. And we saw that companies were primarily using staffing because it was easy, right? You could call up your agency and say, you need 15 people tomorrow and they will send you at least ideally 15 people to help you get the job done. And so what we said was, what if we could use software to deliver that same ease of use, but with intelligent matching and with that direct hire model that is better for workers and better for companies that would help these organizations make better fit hires and eventually lift retention of their frontline teammates at scale. Now, that said, I think that experience was actually a little bit limiting, whereas when we started WorkStep, we thought of this as really a matching problem, supply and demand. And what we realized over time is that it was just much bigger than that. It's more about, it's more than just matching an available worker to an available job. It's about that quality of fit, but it's also about how that company can retain that skilled staff over time. And that's the most strategic problem you can help companies solve. Well, and one of the key words that you used there was legacy. (laughs) There's a lot of things in supply chain that we've done traditionally that especially don't work right now, um, especially when it comes to hiring staff um, with the great resignation that we keep hearing all about um, and people just not coming back to work or not necessarily wanting to do those jobs. And so it's really important that we do unlearn what we had in place before and relearn new ways of retaining the qualified people that you want to retain um, in in a new way, right? So walk me through exactly how you do that at WorkStep. Like how do you work with your customers? You're right that all of these companies, any organization who makes or moves a physical product relies on this high density, high headcount, frontline workforce that makes that magic happen. And as e-commerce booms, as annualized turnover continues to accelerate, and as skills gaps widen, these organizations need to, like you said, relearn how they attract, engage, and retain those teammates at scale Otherwise, they won't meet their customers' demands and they won't meet their bottom line targets. And what we do at WorkStep is we build software that helps these organizations make better fit hires and lift workforce retention at scale. Now, the way that we do that on the retention side is we help these companies automate the process of collecting feedback from their distributed hourly teammates at key milestones in their journey. We then surface that feedback in real time to the right leader to prevent individual and imminent turnover risk. So if a worker is encountering encountering pay issues, harassment, safety risk, these are the kinds of things that lead people to quit for good reason. We help companies triage those and solve them before a worker leaves. But I think most interestingly, we tie that worker feedback 
two downstream outcomes to show companies not just where are your teammates dissatisfied, which is important, but more importantly, what is leading workers to quit and what can you do about that and how can you measure the impact of those actions? So customers can start to really understand what are our actual drivers of turnover? What are our peers doing to improve these themes? And as we act against those themes, is it working or not? And that is sort of the core of the value that we provide. Yeah, and creating a safe space to really be able to provide that feedback and know that it's turned into actionable insights and that your leadership is taking action to make it a better workplace for everyone. And you're allowing them to be really proactive, which I like, right? A lot of times we don't necessarily share feedback if it's face-to-face or things like that, but you're giving them an option to be able to share that feedback so the leader can actually do something about it. Uh, like you said, in in real time. But before we take a closer look at your solutions, let's just frame them a little bit with some of the challenges sort of happening right now in staffing. Because we're hearing a lot about talent shortages, the great resignation that I mentioned before. The average tenure of an employee has steadily decreased over the years. And obviously, the pandemic has thrown the cat amongst the pigeons with things like home and hybrid working, right? So what's your perspective on what's happening in the market right now? And what are some of the biggest challenges that your customers are facing at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Of course, a lot has changed in the last two years, but, but a lot of these trends were also really already underway, uh, which is, you know, I mentioned previously, what is driving this strain, this supply chain labor shortage, right? You basically have, you know, this fundamental economic property. It's been a while since I took Econ 101, but where demand is up, right? Basically, there are three yeah. times as many warehouse jobs in the United States today as there were a decade ago, predominantly driven by that boom of e-commerce and our unending desire to consume goods as, as human beings. And at the same time, you've got turnover rate. You mentioned average retention is down or turnover rates are up. Basically, if you look at annualized workforce turnover in transportation, warehousing, manufacturing over the last decades, it's just up and to the right. Basically, every year workers are leaving their roles at a higher pace than they did the year before. And then finally, the skills gap is widening. Basically, as technology evolves more quickly than workforce training, And as companies invest less in training their own workforce because of that rising turnover, we're seeing that it's harder and harder to find the skills you need to manage and execute your supply chain. And so you've got these sort of trend lines holding supply flat while demand skyrockets. And that's creating this enormous strain for companies, which is how do I continue to grow my high productive workforce when there is so much more demand from companies like me than there are available workers in the marketplace. And the solve for that, the most strategic companies are saying, okay, the best way to win this war for talent is to keep the talent we have, to bring in talent that is a great fit for our role and to invest in making them successful so that, that is one less hire that we need to go find in this incredibly competitive talent acquisition market. 
Absolutely. I mean, so many different challenges that organizations are facing when that demand has been spiking. So let's get into the details then. Let's start by looking at your solution from an employer's perspective when it comes to actually hiring new staff. So how does your solution work? What are the benefits and how does that data and automation piece tie in to make that easier for them? Absolutely. So when it comes to helping manufacturers, food and beverage, logistics, and manufacturing companies uh, better hire frontline talent at scale. What our software does is really help them automate the process of sourcing, screening, and placing that talent as an alternative to traditional temp staffing agencies and job boards. So over the last five years, Workstep has built this network of supply chain specific talent in the United States that okay. numbers over a million workers. And so when we work wow. with a company, what we work with them to do is understand their needs in terms of, yes, skills and experience and numbers, but also uh, preferences and sort of the softer attributes of a role that helps a worker be successful and be retained over the long term. And then automatically via matching technology, what we're doing on the back end is looking at those workers in our network and understanding who is a match for this role sort of objectively on the measurable skills and tools that the role requires, but also for whom is this sort of the right next step. They're looking for a job with these wage or benefit qualities at this specific schedule. It's right on the bus line and they actually need to take the bus to work. Um, and other attributes where it's more of a preference fit than an objective fit. And then we're bringing those matches to our customers who then can employ those workers directly without needing to go through that temp staffing model. Even right down to the bus route and making sure that the bus route is easy for them to get to the job. I mean, that's pretty incredible, but definitely something that we want to think about when we're looking at hiring somebody, right? I mean, you don't think about that very often. It's not necessarily part of the conversation, but it really should be. And I like that you've you've thought about, or it sounds like you've thought about everything, right? And I think the other side to the solution or your solution is, of course, retention, which we spoke about a little bit earlier, because you don't want to go through this process to find great new staff only to use lose them kind of shortly afterwards. So how does that part of the solution work? And what does the platform look like? Because some of the screenshots on your website are fascinating. And I would encourage anybody to go and take a look at that because they look far more advanced than I think many of us are used to in terms of managing staff. And then I think, you know, you've got some outcomes out of all of this that you can share some very impressive stats that you have on your website in terms of retention. So share all of that with us. Uh, Well, that was a a multi-part question, Sarah. So I'll try to remember to to hit on each of those. So the important thing to remember about workforce retention is that as the cost of turnover rises, so basically the cost of losing a supply chain worker is up about 50% over the last two years. As the cost of sourcing goes up, the cost of training goes up, the new hire incentives goes up, the time to hire extends, 
All of these things are driving that cost up. So while it was about an average of $10,000, give or take, two years ago, it's around $15,000 per lost worker. And of wow. course, much higher at higher skilled roles. We've heard upwards of yeah. $50,000 every time an organization loses a driver, for example. So wow. at a scale of 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 frontline workers, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in turnover expense that these large logistics and manufacturing companies are incurring every year. So this is a very, very important bottom line problem and also a top line problem as labor availability prevents these companies from delivering the goods they need to to market. So it's an important economic challenge for every company with a supply chain today. But it's also a very human opportunity. And what I mean by that is the steps that an organization takes to improve retention within their frontline teams, listening to their feedback and ensuring that frontline workers feel heard, understanding the sentiment of their frontline workers and being responsive to it, investing in the growth, satisfaction, health, and safety of frontline teammates. These steps that an organization takes to improve retention are just the right thing to do from a human perspective, right? This is treating others the way that we want to be treated sort of classically. And so that's why I think this topic is, is so important and also is one that I'm so passionate about is because it's this really nice merger of the ability to do the right thing as humans, but also drive bottom line outcomes and returns for our shareholders from an ROI perspective. So, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent about like why workforce retention is so important. (laughs) No, it's great. I love it. I love it. And you did share some of those impressive stats. I mean, if anybody is not knowing how much it costs them in that turnover scenario, I mean, they definitely know that now. And so, you know, I really like the fact that you touched on the human element because we don't talk about it enough, I don't think. And so from an employee's perspective, give me, paint me a picture. How is work stuff step better than recruitment agencies or maybe scrolling on LinkedIn, for example, like how does Workstep bring them the best opportunities? So for a job seeking worker in the supply chain space, what we're going to help them do is really structure their skills and experience tools used and understand their nuanced preferences to build them a digital profile that is durable and that we can partner with them to help them find a role Mm. that they can be successful in over the long term, right? Because again, from a worker's perspective, if I find a job that I end up quitting 25 days, 45 days later, that's not a win for me either. I'm not going to get resume benefit from that. I'm not going to gain new skills. I'm not going to get promoted I'm not going to get a wage increase. So that's that's a lose, lose, lose. It's a bad situation all around. So that's yeah. step one. And then step two is via our retention management software, we help give those workers a voice, right? You might be one of 100 warehouse associates in your building with maybe only a couple managers and maybe only one HR rep. 
but through our software, we can give you a voice such that the most senior leaders of the company can hear what you have to say, anonymous or not anonymous, depending on your preference. And you can not only help make the company you work for a better place to work for yourself based on what matters to you, right? If you're looking for flexible scheduling or education benefits or less overtime or more overtime or whatever it is that matters to you, but you're also helping your employer be a better place to work for the other 2,000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 employees who work there. And so from a worker's perspective, it's really about helping you improve your job, right? If you are in search of a new job or a better job, we can help you find the right one. If you are employed at a company who we are a partner with, we can help you have a voice in that organization, even though you might not even work in the same location as HQ or on the same shift as the leadership in your building we can still give you that floor to say, this is what matters to me. And this is how I think that you can make this business a better place to be employed for myself and my teammates. Yeah. And so there's two parts to that. And so if you're listening, I would highly recommend you you reach out to Workstep because, you know, voices are really, really important and elevating voices are really important. And the audience knows that I have a woman in supply chain series and I've got the blended podcast. And so I'm all about diversity and inclusion. I'm all about creating safe spaces and elevating voices. And we talk a lot about how current hiring methods can often limit opportunities for certain groups of people. So what are your thoughts around creating diverse workforces and can Workstep help with that? Yeah, so it's it's certainly high time that DEI as a topic and as an ambition uh, had its time in the sun in the supply chain, right? And I think this is even, you know, month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year, something we're hearing companies be passionate about more and more frequently, which is fundamentally fantastic. And now a DEI strategy really, again, sort of has both that talent acquisition and talent management component. I think most companies start and sometimes end with the talent acquisition component, which is uh, the right place to start, which is how do I attract and bring in diverse talent to our organization? And so you know, we think of that in a few ways. You know, one is how can machine matching and decision making help remove bias? Two is how can we help hiring managers remove bias from their own decisions? Like something that sounds trivial but is helpful is like each mm-hmm. worker's first name is actually just their first initial until that a prospective employee has met with the organization. Because that is one way to remove implicit bias from upstream decision-making. But then I think where more and more organizations are starting to focus, but also should be focusing, is how do you retain and grow and create success in those diverse pockets of your organization, right? So, for example, via a retention management tool, what some of our partners are doing is saying, you know, how does our workforce sentiment to manager relationships, onboarding, pay, benefits differ 
for these different employee groups. For instance, employees who identify as female versus male. And what is the downstream retention outcomes of those two groups based on their sentiment? And what does that tell us about how we are actually showing up and engaging with these different pockets of our workforce population? Because the smartest companies know that even if you're able to attract diverse backgrounds and skill sets to your team, if you're not able to engage, grow, and drive satisfaction in each of those groups, it's really a, a band-aid on a larger, in your, or a larger problem, and you're always going to need so to true. be refilling that bucket. And so I think that's been a really interesting trend and, and honestly not something that we necessarily fully considered up front is how this retention management software could be used to really look at how an enterprise can adopt a DEI retention strategy to match a DEI talent acquisition strategy, which has really been fascinating to watch play out from some of our partners. Yeah. And it's great to hear that your customers were the driving force behind that and that your technology really enabled them or empowered them to really be able to move those initiatives forward and to make sure that they are doing all of the right things or maybe all of the things that they need to be. And if they're not, giving them a chance to adapt and change. So if I'm in the audience and I'm listening to this, what do I have to look like to be your client? Who is an ideal client for you? Yeah. So first of all, happy to have them reach out and we can have a conversation regardless of whether they sort of fit our classic ideal client profile. WorkSet partners with large companies who make and move physical products. So retailers, third-party logistics firms, manufacturers, consumer packaged goods, packaging and paper, food and beverage. Those are sort of the dominant verticals within our customer base. Um, Now, what is is a large company, right? Uh, The vast majority of organizations we work with tend to have more than a thousand frontline employees. That is not a minimum bar. It just tends to be that at that scale, Mm -hmm. labor acquisition, labor retention, are the number one or two concern on the mind of the CEO. Uh, Got it. Perhaps an extreme example is if I'm running a warehouse with four people, even if I'm turning over at 100%, which I'm probably doing better than that because I only have four people, I need to make one new hire a quarter, which is like a moderate inconvenience out of my sort of quarter schedule, but not sort of a core operational motion of my company's operation. However, if I employ 20,000 frontline workers, and let's say I'm turning over 75% a year, that means I'm making, oh, I'm making this math trick, you know, more than a thousand hires a month just to maintain steady state. You know, even if I'm full of staff today, I'm going to lose 40 people by the end of the day and I'm going to be short staffed right. tomorrow. That is a very different level of sort of like strategic focus on the workforce challenge. And so what we found is just that the larger a company's workforce, typically the more inclined they are to seek intelligent software solutions to the workforce challenges that they face day in and day out. 
And do I need to have a big budget to work with you? Because a lot of times when we're talking about um, recruiting talent, right? They're, we're working with a recruitment company and usually there comes large budgets for that. So what does the the pricing kind of look like? Yeah, so we very much believe in aligning incentives with our customers and being mm-hmm. outcome oriented in the way that we deliver our solutions. So on the talent acquisition side, uh, we have functionally success-based pricing, which is companies who partner with Workstep only pay for the hires they make who retain within their company. And so that price point differs based on skill sets, typically 50 to 75% less than traditional staffing. We have a lot of advantages Mm -hmm. being a technology company that allow us to deliver that sort of higher caliber service at a lower end cost. Uh, And then on the talent retention side, We scale pricing based on organization size. And so basically, if you have X employees, we expect to help you reduce turnover by Y percent. We would model that out and say, using this software and approach can help you save X million dollars a year. Here's the sort of bottom line saving you could expect from partnering with our company and using this retention software solution. Well, and I like that, right? Because you're showing them what you're going to be able to do for them. And you're showing an ROI right off the bat. So let's get into the case study time because this is my favorite part of the conversations. And you have so many great stories on your website. Uh, So I do encourage the listeners to go ahead and read more of those. But can you choose maybe just one for us and bring this whole discussion to life? So paint us a picture of how you've worked with one of your customers. What was their challenge? What was the impact or ROI of your solution? Yeah, and we we do have a lot of a lot of great customer stories from uh, many companies who who are household names. And you know, one thing I'll say is that in each case, the results are being driven by the company itself. Like we can give you access to these insights, we can give you access to this talent, but it's the company themselves that is taking those insights and creating better outcomes for their workforce and for their company. Right. You know, I think one story that comes to mind just because I personally worked. Uh, relatively close to this organization is a third-party logistics company called NFI. Might not be a household name, but they operate a little bit more than 350 warehouses across North America, over Mm -hmm. 14,000 frontline teammates. And, you know, when we partnered with them, they were really looking to understand what are our drivers of turnover, especially within our new employee population, And how can we use these insights at scale to help create a better employee experience from day one through day 10,000, right? And so throughout our partnership, of course, there are an initial set of sort of like low-hanging fruit wins where it's just, you know, for example, obvious that a specific building wasn't following onboarding practices or things like that. Okay. And then over time, they started to see, okay, here are the key drivers of turnover within our transportation group or within this division or within this role type. And how can we work with those operational leaders in partnership with HR to improve the way that we are engaging with these teammates to help lift satisfaction with these themes and ultimately improve retention? And what they saw is an 18% decrease in overall turnover and a 36% decrease in new hire turnover. 
And again, if you start thinking about the cost that we discussed earlier at a scale of 14,000 teammates, these are very, very real bottom line savings for organizations, you know, most logistics companies, retailers are not exactly high margin software businesses. And so it can really be a lift to that operational model. Great story. I'm glad that you shared that with me. I'm definitely familiar with that company. And uh, it's like those numbers are pretty incredible. So finally, then, what can we expect from the future of Workstep? What are you working on? I mean, can you share a little bit with us, maybe not tell us all your secrets, but at least share a little bit with us so that we have an idea of what to look out for? Yeah, so our goal, again, is really to make the frontline a better place to work. Really what we do is we help workers improve their job so that they can live a better life. And so what we want to be is that predominant default technology ally that has a worker's back throughout their career. And so today that's finding the right fit job, it's helping give workers a voice in order to make their company a better place to work. And over time, through this lens of workforce retention, we want to help companies continue to create better outcomes for their frontline teammates, whether that be increasing their satisfaction, helping them grow their career, ensuring they're fairly compensated, whatever it is that is causing a worker career pain or sort of career slowness or preventing a worker from having a better life, both inside and outside of work, we want to provide our software to companies to help them sort of solve that problem for their employees at scale. So we don't know exactly uh, what we'll be building three years, five years, eight years from now, but we know that its goal will be to help workers improve their jobs so they can live a better life. Love that. Well, I really enjoyed that discussion. I mean, there's so much to talk around this so-called talent shortage right now, but I see so many great people in my network. I see young people that are hungry for it. I don't see a lack of talent. I see an abundance of it. So maybe it really is an issue of matchmaking, of identifying the right talent, knowing where to look, communicating and hiring effectively. And of course, striving to be really competitive employer that offers incentives and gives rewards and really values their people. So working with a partner like Workstep could really help to transform staffing, not just on a business level, but actually on a wider industry level. If we get used to a better way of working, there's plenty of people and opportunity to go around. If you want to find out more, you can check them out at workstep.com. A massive thank you to Dan for joining me and to the team at Workstep for making this episode happen. Thanks so much, Dan. Thank you, Sarah. What are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there too many steps and touches involved? If you have a vision for improvement, Fastenal can tailor a solution to help you get there. From automated bins that monitor your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that let you control and track the products that keep your business running. Fastenal has the ability and experience to help your supply chain. Go to fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it. Fastenal, 
where industry meets innovation. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Plus, if you have a supply chain challenge and you're looking for a solution, whether it be technology, logistics partner, we have most likely had them on the show. So use the search bar at letstalksupplychain.com and put in your keyword that you're looking for and the episodes will pop up and you can listen to those episodes and find out if they're a good match for your supply chain challenge before you even get into their sales funnel. Head over to our YouTube channel or letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest of our podcasts as well. And remember to come back next week where I'll be joined by a brand new panel of guests for this month's episode of Blended. And we're going to be talking about sexual harassment, what it means, where it happens, why it's still happening. And our guests will be opening up and sharing their own personal experiences. It's going to make for a tough but really important um, episode. So listening Make sure you don't miss it because you want to be listening to that episode. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. We've got some great content over there and we're adding more and more every single day. Plus, you can follow us over on YouTube. You can subscribe to our Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube page and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com so you can keep on top of new episodes, new live shows, upcoming events, and so, so much more. Next, go to Blended over on LinkedIn. Look up the Blended Pledge page over on LinkedIn and check us out. We are not only creating podcasts under Blended, talking about tough topics in diversity and inclusion that you can use as a resource for your teams to open up and create safe spaces to start having the dialogue that you need to have. But we're also providing grants for diverse voices to say yes to industry speaking events. And so we want you to head over there because we have a GoFundMe page for individuals to join us to make an impact. We also have opportunities for corporate diversity and inclusion teams to look at the Blended Pledge as an external initiative to the internal DEI initiatives that you have going. And we've got a corporate sponsorship package. So if you're interested in finding out more on the corporate side, email us at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. But if you don't want to pay for the supply chain dictionary, go to Let's Talk Supply Chain on Instagram, follow us, send us a DM, talk one, and we'll send it to you for free. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, you can go and rate us, rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.